All right, everybody. So that was 1983, A Merman I Should Turn to Be, the music of Jimi Hendrix, uh, played by the Gil Evans Orchestra. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I really love that album. It is just awesome. It's wild. It's crazy. It's jazzy, but it's also Jimi Hendrix. I don't know. It's good. You're going to hear a lot of it if you tune into this show. And I hope you do. I hope you tune in next week to hear Ethan's uh, playlist. I hope you tune in the week after to hear me. Uh, school will be starting. Lots of uh, lots of changes. The fall is coming. Well, what better way to deal with it than uh, listen to some nice jazz? This is the Charles Mountford Trio. Isn't it romantic? You've been listening to Straight North Chaser on CJSW 90.9 FM. Have a good week, everybody. JSW 90.9 FM, where the sun never sets and the fun never stops. Broadcasting in Calgary, located on Treaty 7 land and Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Here you will find relaxation and your heart's delight. Listen away, for we are your ray of sunshine. Hello, hello, good morning and happy Thursday. Welcome back to your weekly advocacy update with yours truly. My name is Marley and I'm the VP External at the University of Calgary Students' Union here to talk to you about all things advocacy. 
If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for joining. If you're not, welcome back. Before I get into it, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional lands that I am broadcasting from this morning. The CJSW studio is um, on the University of Calgary campus, which is on the Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. It includes the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tutsina First Nation, and the Stony Nakoda. The city of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Hello, and thank you again for joining me. I'm continuing on my theme this week of municipal advocacy with another very special guest, Brad Field. Hello, thank you so much for joining me and for being here. How are you? Good, Marley. Thanks for having me. So, Brad Field is another mayoral candidate um, that I'm having on the show. He is a MIT Entrepreneurial Master's Program graduate and was nominated as Leader of Tomorrow by Business in Calgary magazine. I will not even try to touch on your experience, Brad, because I looked through your website and there is a lot to get through. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, um, you know, I've been in Calgary for nearly five decades and uh, raised my family here and started my first business here at age 12. (laughs) I was incorporated uh, with the province of Alberta with a commercial cleaning business. Now, keep in mind, it was just my father's offices (laughs) that I was cleaning, but I had a corporate bank account and uh, registered with the Alberta government. I bought my my first real estate at age 18 here in the city of Calgary and uh, did some real estate. And yeah, I built, bought and sold businesses around the world, everything from fire suppression to real estate, heavy equipment repair, healthcare. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of one of those serial entrepreneurs that, uh, <laughs> that just looks at everything with a little bit of a business lens. I love working in the community, volunteering in non-for-profit, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of experience, and you've done so much. So how did you end up here as a mayoral candidate in this upcoming election? Well, it's funny. It started for me uh, about five years ago, actually. I was approached by some Calgarians that I had worked with in non-for-profit as well as in business, and they, uh, uh, they said, hey, have you ever thought of... Uh, uh, running for public office and I said hey no I haven't actually uh, so at that point I declined you know you get a little bit of a, a, an ego boost when some people you know think that you're, <laughs> you'd sure. be good enough for and uh, but I did decline at that point but it got me thinking about public service uh, in a different way because I'd worked in the community and, and business and nonprofit and charity and so forth um, but uh, so I thought okay it dovetails nice into my business uh, career working with people d- different jurisdictions I've worked with government sectors all over the world and uh, so I thought yeah let's take a look at this so I started showing up at council meetings yeah. sitting nice. in in council meetings yeah. and just watching you know I jokingly say the good the bad and the ugly <laughs> and there's a lot of good stuff that goes on and uh, some stuff that you're not very proud of yeah. so fast forward to 2017 election the day after I get those same phone calls and emails and I jumped at the opportunity so I've been committed to this for three and a half over three and a half years now wow. so I'm excited to give back to this great city that's yeah. you know given me so much personally and professionally so it's it's it's, just, it's exciting times. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. I know sometimes I just listen to council meetings for fun. <laughs> sometimes they can be very entertaining. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome to hear that you've been involved and, you know, have committed that much. Um, so I have an exciting announcement, and you are the first candidate to be on my show since we've heard about Elections Calgary making the decision to make accessible, voting accessible for students. Um, as some listeners probably previously know, Elections Calgary had... 
uh, not decided had decided to not have vote anywhere polling stations on campus, um, which was a huge setback for students um, who can't vote on their campus regardless of where they live. So we are so excited to see this decision reversed and that students will have an opportunity to vote on their campus this fall. Um, I know we were thrilled, but what was your reaction? Well, thrilled too as well. I mean, to me, and, and not necessarily just about students, it's just common sense. We have the technology, yeah. right? So, you know, if we want to build a city for the future, we have to engage with the future stakeholders, i.e. students, uh, young adults. Uh, and uh, so to have them cut out uh, because they're out of touch in the sense of at school, you know, they may live in southeast Calgary and they're here up in the University of Calgary mm-hmm. on, uh, on the election day. Uh, now they have to travel back to Southeast yeah. Calgary to vote. That makes no sense, yeah. right? So, I mean, if you want to talk about the future of Calgary and, and the great things we want to build here, uh, again, we have to talk to uh, the next generation and having you accessible uh, voting, uh, that's, the, that's the key. So, yeah, to me, it's common sense, yeah. but super excited that uh, yeah. we can get everybody voting. <laughs> yes, we yeah. are very excited about it too, and it makes you know it that much easier for students to participate this fall in an already very confusing time for elections and and so much noise around it. So I I also saw on your youth platform uh, your commitment to continue this advocacy Mm -hmm. in the next election to make sure Vote Anywhere is re-implemented and students, you know, don't have to fight every four years for the chance to vote. What do you think worked this time? And we were able to get Elections Calgary to reverse that decision. What advocacy worked that you want to continue? Well, I think it's just having that open dialogue. Uh, And again, we've been engaged uh, as a campaign with high school students, uh, young professionals between the ages of 20 and 30, and they wanted their voice heard. And Mm -hmm. uh, being able to vote on on Election Day is a part of that. So, you know, and again, I keep going back to the reason that motivates me on a daily basis to be involved uh, in uh, the upcoming election is for the next generation. It's about my kids, my, you know, potential grandkids and great grandkids and and the city that they want. Um, You have a voice. You want to be heard. And, but you also want to be able to uh, express your vote yeah. on election day. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's something that I'll champion uh, regardless of whether I'm elected in the fall or not. It's something that just makes sense to me if we're building the city of the future. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great to hear you say that. I know as a student leader, I hope that, you know, whoever is VP external four years from now doesn't have to go through that same fight because students deserve every single opportunity to vote. So... If elected mayor, there is, you know, that sort of separation between city council and elections Calgary. And, you know, rightfully so that those elected officials sort of stay separate from the process. So knowing that, how will you ensure that students don't have to go through that same fight again, given that your office will be so separate? So does that look like, you know, targets for elections Calgary in turnout and youth or traditionally less likely to vote groups? Right. I mean, again, it's just being that champion and making sure that we get entrenched. And and I think what happens in a lot of cases is it becomes politicized, you know, and Mm -hmm. depending on depending on the election year, depending on what's going on, what the hot topic issue is of the day. um, Sometimes you guys get passed by. Sometimes you don't. But uh, making it so it's not a discussion every four years. Right. And just like let's champion enough (laughs) because it, it also is inefficient. We waste time. Exactly. You know, so like let's just make it standard protocol. Uh, with the vote anywhere, and uh, let's not talk about it ever again, right? Like, just make sure that it's entrenched in how we think about the city of Calgary. Yeah, uh, that is so great to hear you say. I hope that's sort of the precedent that we were able to set this year going forward, is that this is something students can expect, and that will never have to be a decision or up for discussion. Well, yeah, and, and again, 
we have such amazing technology uh, mm-hmm. in the world today. Why we don't use technology to the full benefit, uh, I'll never understand. So uh, I don't know why people have pushed back on this or what the train of thought is on why we don't have vote anywhere or why we have to continually have this mm-hmm. discussion. Uh, it just needs to be entrenched. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I also read in your news release this morning on your sort of youth platform and what that looks like um, that, you know, the Green Line project and you said has flaws. What are these flaws that you see? Well, and some of it are budgetary. You know, again, okay. I, I'm a supporter of, uh, you know, world class transportation for a world class city. Uh, if we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the future of Calgary, we've got to talk about meaningful discussion around uh, around public transportation. The challenge I have is that it's been an election issue in 2017. It's mm-hmm. now an election issue in 2021, and we're no farther ahead. We don't have shovels in the ground. Uh, so it's about building and servicing as many Calgarians as possible in the most cost-effective way. Uh, there's discussion around uh, you know tunneling under downtown Calgary. Well, that's $2 billion of the $5 billion budget is dedicated to downtown uh, tunneling. So mm-hmm. I think if we were to throw that to the wayside, keep everything at grade or above grade, we could service more Calgarians in a quicker fashion and be able to actually hopefully achieve building it on time and on budget, you know, for the benefit of all Calgarians, students included. For sure. So given that that project is approved and, and moving forward in the next steps, what does that process for change actually look like if elected? Yeah. So, I mean, again, depending, uh, we want to make sure, I want to marry myself up. If if I'm elected, I want to marry myself up very closely to uh, the project managers around this because okay. we've got to build this on time and on budget. If you think about a 10% overrun on a $5 billion uh, project, that's $500 million. That almost pays for the event center, the new arena. So it's a key that we keep it on time and on budget. So, uh, but again, uh, affordable transportation for all Calgarians. I love talking about the U-Pass. That just <laughs> makes sense to me. Like, again, we're building a future for Calgary. The next generation, we want to keep them here in the city of Calgary. Let's give them reasons to stay here in the city of Calgary. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the U-Pass. That was sort of, you know, my next question was Green Line approved. What does accessible and affordable transit for students look like to you? Well, and I like the idea of the U-Pass because, again, it's something that where we spread the cost over all the yeah. students, right? So now, yeah, some students may argue that, well, I don't use public transportation. Why should I have to pay? Mm-hmm. But if, if you spread it over the many, then the cost is lowered for the vast majority. So it, it, is, makes, yeah. it, it makes it affordable. Um, you know, and then when we talk about co-op programs, we're trying to talk about expanding our co-op programs in the city of Calgary, not only keeping our talent pool here in the city of Calgary, but also attracting new. You know, maybe we also talk about subsidized or free transit for, uh, for students that are enrolled in a co-op program. Again, it's about attracting and maintaining our youth uh, for the next generation of Calgary. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good idea. One of the issues as student leaders that we had in the past couple of years is a lack of consultation around issues that matter to students, specifically the UPASS. City, uh, Calgary Transit specifically has never consulted with student leaders on a program that is specifically designed for students. So although, you know, we know that they run their business well and our elected officials are, you know, fit to represent us, but without actually speaking with students directly, it's hard to know if a program like that is actually working. 
So as mayor, you know, would you commit and how would that actually look like in sort of the consultation process with students on issues like the U-Pass or otherwise? Yeah, no question. And we've seen this not just in even with students, just in direct consultation with uh, community associations or stakeholders in different industry sectors. So it seems to be a consistent theme coming out of city council or uh, city administration where they're not consulting. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to the youth, their next uh, generation, the students, uh, let's get them at at the table right from the get-go. And I I say this from day one, if we get the stakeholders at the table, one, it's efficient. You don't have to rehash (laughs) and you don't become that rubber stamp type of mentality. And right now we're kind of a rubber stamp council. They hope that things just get rubber stamped at the end of the day and then they go, oh boy, we forgot to talk to the students or we forgot to talk to a community association. Mm -hmm. And then it creates this debacle. You know, the guidebook to great community was a a perfect example of non-consultation. And they say they consulted, but they didn't. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a line up of people outside of City Hall <laughs> looking to have their voice heard. Yeah. So when it comes to students, to me, uh, you know, I've uh, I've committed to uh, uh, a young adult uh, youth advisory community uh, right. 2030. Uh, young professionals coming out post-secondary uh, or young entrepreneurs uh, creating a council that has direct access to the mayor's office and city council so their voice is heard. Mm-hmm. Right? And so again, to me, it's efficiency. And again, if we're talking about the future, why would we not have the future stakeholders of the city at the table. Yeah, that's amazing to hear you say. I know us student leaders are sort of scratching at the opportunity to be consulted and to be invited to those tables where the decisions are made because, you know, we're sort of that direct line to students on what they are thinking and what they're looking for from their city. Well, and I think what happens or has happened in the past is, uh, you know, when it becomes politicized or when you're talking about campaigning, um, they have the data, right, on who shows up on election day. And typically, and that's where I encourage the students, the next generation, make sure you show up on election day. Have your voice heard via the the ballot box. Um, So they think, well, maybe we shouldn't waste our time having the students at the table because maybe they don't vote, you know, or, you mm-hmm. know, and so, um, one, we got to change that narrative. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're involved right from the get go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and you have a voice in the future of Calgary because we have this wonderful opportunity. We're coming out of crisis, you know, six, seven, eight years of crisis here, uh, on the back end of a global pandemic. Uh, what an opportunity to rethink how we operate at the city of Calgary and what the future of the city of Calgary looks like. And I think it's super exciting for me to be a part of the discussion. That's amazing to hear you say. I That's exactly what we're looking for. And I know us student leaders, like we're ready for that opportunity. And I think it's sort of would be that solution to the problem of students not being engaged, having voter apathy and not going to the polls. If they see that they're directly consulted and that their voices matter, they're more more likely to share that voice every four years when that opportunity comes to them. Exactly. You know, and, and, and that's just human nature. Right. If 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 your voice is heard, then you want to talk some. Yeah. Right. And but if you're being discounted or not listened to, then you tend to shut up and, and not say anything. So let's encourage uh, the discussion to happen. Uh, get out there on Election Day. Make sure you, ha- you know, get your voice heard. You know, I, I you know, I sit at my table. I've got three young adults, uh, yeah. uh, Mitch, Colin, Haley, uh, 30, 28 and 22. Okay. And nice. uh, and my lovely wife. Uh, and they are all highly educated. And I jokingly say I'm truly the dumbest person at the kitchen table, <laughs> but I love learning from them, yeah. and, right? And they have voices, and they're well-educated, and their questions are thoughtful, and they challenge me on mm-hmm. a daily basis. And because I go into some conversations with my mind made up of how I think – 
right. uh, it should go. And they challenge me. And so mm-hmm. it's fantastic. So I love hearing from all demographics, <laughs> uh, hearing from all different perspectives, because I sincerely believe when you're open-minded uh, to other people's points of view, that's where the magic happens. That's where real progress happens is yeah. uh, through collaboration and teamwork. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And yeah, I'm picking at your uh, <laughs> youth platform here, but it was just released this morning. Um, and I also read the part on environmental leadership, which I think is so amazing to see students care so much about this issue. And I think it's sometimes forgotten on sort of the municipal level. And sometimes it gets pushed off to the federal level as, you know, a more higher level issue. Um, But we know that change starts at this level and students are really looking for the opportunity to participate in that. I read your commitment to net zero emissions by 2050. Mm -hmm. How do you see this happening? Well, and again, I I go back to my son, Kyle, who has a master's degree in in environmental sciences. So so he he educates me. You know, I come from a business (laughs) background. He comes from, you know, saving the planet idea. And and I love learning from him. Uh, But there's lots that can be done here in the city of Calgary. We talk about uh, uh, retrofitting, a multi-year retrofitting of city-owned buildings. Uh, to a greener initiative. Uh, our vehicles, uh, City of Calgary, uh, Calgary Transit has just signed a pilot project to bring on some electric buses, all electric buses. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this idea of about a circular material warehouse, uh, which we're super excited about, which will take building materials out of the landfills and get them to, uh, you know, uh, nonprofits in need that they okay. can need to reuse those materials. Yeah. Um, wetlands projects in South Calgary to filter, to use it as a filter project for the boat. Uh, so there's so many initiatives that we can get behind, but also on a global level too, if we take it back to, you know, the economy in the city of Calgary, um, Billions, if not trillions of dollars are waiting on the sidelines to be invested into the city of Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of talk about ESG, right? Yeah. Environmental uh, sustainability and uh, governance. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a challenge that we have to talk about because sure. it's, it has economic impact on the city of Calgary, yep. but also a social impact and quality Huge. of life here in the city of Calgary. So yeah. it's exciting uh, to have those discussions, but we just have to be a champion around it. And we have to take it seriously. Yeah, and I know. I mean, this is such a long-term issue. Like, I know it'll go by quick, but 2050 is hopefully a long time away. And, you know, if elected, your term would be four years, potentially another four years or a few. How does this commitment look, you know, so long-term when your office would only be a few years? Right, yeah. I mean, again, it's setting the the ball rolling, right? And get the initiative, uh, build momentum. Because uh, to deny that we need to do it better uh, is... uh, Turning a blind eye. We, it's in regardless of, I guess, you know, whether you truly believe in climate change or not, which I do, obviously, um, it's just good for business. It's good for the city of Calgary. It's good for quality of life because that's what people want to talk about. That's what students want to talk about. I hear it every day at the kitchen table from my son. And so, yeah, it's important to the city of Calgary, but it's building that momentum and changing hearts and minds. Right. Yeah. And in Calgary, let's be honest, it's the energy uh, uh, center uh, in some cases in, the, in around the world. Uh, and, but some of the greatest initiatives uh, in clean tech energy come right out of the city of Calgary. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the company's here. So uh, it's getting all the stakeholders at the table. Again, I go back and repeat, <laughs> get everybody at the table right from the get go. Have these uh, discussions and build a plan, out, but follow through. We have to commit on this and follow through with it. Yeah, that's great. It too. can't it can't just be an election discussion. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. No, I, I totally agree with that. And I hope that, you know, whatever happens that this next council is 
making those kinds of commitments because now is the time and I know four years goes by quick but like you said it's about setting those roots and getting the momentum going for all of these projects yeah awesome yeah Yeah. one of the other things I wanted to ask you about is your downtown plan um, to improve livability and safety and all those things that are attracting students and keeping students in the city how does your plan differ from the plan being implemented by the city now to revitalize the downtown Right. So they've committed uh, $1.1 billion over the next 10 years. They just signed off on $200 million uh, towards uh, downtown revitalization, which I'm in support of. Just so we're clear, I'm in support. But I think it's not – the discussion is not fulsome yet. And uh, we have to change how we operate here in the city of Calgary. If we're going to attract new businesses or retain the businesses that are already here, we have to talk about how we do business in the city of Calgary. Right now, the narrative coming out of – uh, you know, our agencies, our extensions of City Hall um, is we're open for business. Please come mm-hmm. come to Calgary. We're open for business. But our actions speak differently. Um, there's continuous roadblocks into setting up business in the city of Calgary, whether it's property taxes, licensing, uh, building permits, and so forth. So until we change that narrative, throwing money at the downtown core is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, public safety and security. You know, that's another thing. And again, you can pretty up downtown. Uh, You can change some (laughs) office buildings. You can get more people uh, uh, migrating into the downtown downtown core. But until you make it safe, no one's coming. Right? Uh, As a family man, I'm not bringing my kids to downtown Calgary if if I can't feel that they're safe. So, you know, Clean to the Core program was a program that was brought in by Mayor uh, Bronconi some time ago. It's fallen to the wayside. It was a fantastic program. It worked. It joined all the social agencies, community associations, and CPS in a collaborative effort to clean up the downtown core and make it uh, more livable and, and quality of life and safer for everyone. For sure. And what role do students play in that plan? Well, it's working, again, stakeholders at the table. <laughs> Here we're rinsing and repeating the same yeah. discussion. But, you know, it's exciting because we have uh, this uh, glut in office space in the downtown core. We have 6 million square feet that we're overbuilt on on office space. Uh, so they're talking about trans uh, transitioning some of that office space into affordable housing, yeah. uh, post-secondary uh, residence. You know, so having the youth, again, uh, about the future of Calgary, let's get the youth into the city of Calgary. I love having the vision of a student, a post-secondary student uh, living in the downtown core, i.e. living in the same building as they're going to school at as well as they're doing their co-op program. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning, uh, have your breakfast, have a cup of coffee, go upstairs to go to class, and then at noon you take the elevator up to the 32nd floor and do your <laughs> co-op program, and then you party in the downtown core, you know, <laughs> pop-up music festivals. That's the kind of stuff that's exciting, and you know, that vibrant Calgary. And so it's getting the youth a part of that discussion, what you guys want uh, for the future for of Calgary. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it almost sounds too good to be true. <laughs> well, I think, if, I think if we put our hearts and minds into it, we can make it happen. <laughs> that's good to hear, and I think having that post-secondary presence downtown is key and students just having the ability to choose you know if that's sort of the lifestyle or the housing options or you know the program options just just that's exactly what students are looking for and having that place be downtown makes everything like you said way more central yeah well and i i grew up living in south calgary Uh, i now live in the downtown core in east village and it is so cool to be down and i'll be honest i you know moving downtown i thought I always grew up with my property, my yard, my garden, you know, place for the kids. Mm-hmm. I really was skeptical about living in the downtown core. And now I've been down there and it's like, I wouldn't, you know, like I love it. You know, <laughs> e-scootering up and down the river, just yeah. walking around on the pathways. It's fantastic. Nice. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's uh, It sounds like it could be 
and we want it to be the place to be and for students to have that you know attraction in the city for sure yeah wonderful and and, and it also attracts other things right you know yeah. when you when you support arts and culture and and you have a vibrant downtown now you're talking tourism yeah. Now you've got a reason why tourists want to come to the downtown core. For sure. You know, that's why I'm supportive of, you know, uh, having rail connection between YYC and downtown Calgary to bring some more dollars into the downtown core and expose Calgary to the globe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the other things I wanted to ask you before we run out of time here yeah. um, is your call on the youth to be engaged. And I know this was a lot of the platform that was released this morning. How have you done this to date, sort of in your campaign, engaging students with your candidacy or just the election in general? Yeah, you know, for me, and again, it's just being open to meeting and talking with anybody. We started engaging with youth probably uh, a year and a half, two years ago via um, Zoom meetings and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a wonderful meeting about three weeks ago with high, 25 high school students out in the middle of uh, Princess Island Park. Uh, nice. You know, and, and this one of our volunteers, Alex, on the campaign team, uh, high school student, she organized the whole event, got a permit, uh, rented, <laughs> rented fold-up chairs, had a wonderful dialogue with high school students. And no, they're not eligible to vote, but it starts with discussions like that. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, having meetings with that 20 to 30 uh, age group of young professionals. Uh, and we just continue those conversations going forward. After I'm elected, uh, those conversations don't stop. That's the commitment I have. For sure. And those conversations, if del- if elected, will be with you know, an almost entirely new council and if elected a new mayor as well without, you know, being previously a city councillor. What does that sort of environment look like and how would you lead that kind of group? Well, first of all, I'm super excited about a high turnover in, yeah. in council. It is, you know, and again, not taking away from any of the current councillors that are either not running or, or have decided to run from air, um, but a bunch of new fresh faces on council oh, will be sure. exciting. No baggage, no personal agendas. So I'm super excited about leading uh, fresh faces down this uh, opportunity because, again, I go back to, you know, through crisis comes opportunity and we've been in crisis and this is a great opportunity for Calgary to build something special that we can all be proud of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know it is such a busy election. It's a, it's a busy mayoral race for sure. I feel like the number grows by the day. So as you know, some parting words for us, what makes you stand out as a candidate? Well, I think, you know, for me, coming in from the outside with a fresh point of view is key. Uh, the thousands of Calgarians I've talked to over the last three and a half years want change and, and they don't believe that it comes from the inside. They feel that current council has been a part of the problem, a part of the dialogue. Um, so they want to see change come from the outside. Uh, I've uh, worked in the community. I've built businesses. I am a job creator. Um, I sign the front of checks. They cash checks. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference when you've had the experience and had the history of creating jobs. So I bring a different point of view. I bring the business acumen and I have world experience dealing with our other jurisdictions. So I'm just excited to lead the city. Awesome. Great to hear. Well, that is mayoral candidate Bradfield with his fresh perspective and all of his experience. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate having you here. Well, thanks for having me. And if you're listening, stay tuned because I have another very exciting guest joining me right after this. Brad, thank you so much again for coming. All right. Take care. Doesn't this guitar sound so good? I'll be A-O-A-O-K I know I'll be A-O-A-O-K 
Hello and welcome back. My name is Marley. If you're joining us just now, um, you probably missed it, but I just had Bradfield on, mayoral candidate for the upcoming municipal election. Great to get a chance to chat with him. Um, so if you missed that part earlier, you can go on to cjsw.com and find all of the past episodes there. Thank you so much for tuning in now and for staying if you have, because I have back-to-back guests this morning. I am so excited to be joined by Derek Williams, who is a Ward 7 candidate. Uh, he's lived in Ward 7 for 11 years and has a background in hospitality management. Derek, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Marley. So I'm glad to be here. How are you doing today? <laughs> it's fantastic. It's a beautiful day outside and uh, I'm just glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for joining me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and why you chose to be a Ward 7 candidate? Well, yeah, I was born here in Calgary, born and raised uh, here in Calgary since uh, 1987. And, um, you know, I've... Uh, been in Ward 7 for 11 years, like we said, and uh, I have a background in hospitality management um, uh, where I've uh, got a number of... of <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. A number of, uh, you know, uh, learned a number of techniques to how to manage nice. and, and do sort of things like that. And um, I'm sorry, I'm just a little bit nervous right now. That's My all apologies. good. No worries at all. I'm so happy that you uh, joined us. 
Ward 7 is a very big ward. So um, if you're listening and you think you're in Ward 7, but you're not totally sure, you probably are. Ward 7 includes Banff Trail, Capitol Hill, Chinatown, Crescent Heights, the downtown commercial core. It is it is a really big ward. So I admire you for taking on this position. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a big, big challenge, but, you know, I, I love Calgary. I've been, I was born and raised here, and, you know, I think that I was, uh, when I'm talking to Calgarians uh, in and around the community, they, they were just looking for um, uh, someone that's going to really listen to what their, their needs are in the community, engage with them, and, for sure. and uh, really follow a mandate for the people and not really have uh, 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 personal, uh, personal views on, on, on council, that the, the personal opinions that they yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we talked a little bit before off air about your experience door knocking so far. What are you hearing from, you know, the communities in Ward 7? Well, a lot of people are are talking about um, uh, safety is a a big thing in the communities of Ward 7. I think um, the inner city where Ward 7 is, is it's important to have um, uh, safety and accessibility in the community. And I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of different things that... um, we can improve on it in Ward 7. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that people are talking about and is going on. It's great to know that you're getting out there and talking to the community because I think that's something that we've been lacking um, in Ward 7, but also in the city is that sort of disconnect between those who are elected and the people who are actually living in those communities. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Um yeah, no, it's uh, it's such a timely election. I think people have a lot to say, and I know you and I were chatting about that a little bit before. Um, what has your experience been like? I know you said you had a background in hospitality. What have your past uh, roles looked like in sort of that way and uh, c- consulting with people and working with people? Yeah, so, um, you know, I come from a background in hospitality, and, and you know, uh, a big thing has always been customer service, and it kind of lives and it starts and ends with service for me is, is, you know, I've worked in a lot of places where people expect a high level of service and, and engagement um, when they go out, and yeah. and I think people are just looking for a counselor to really listen to them, to for engage sure. with them, and, uh, um, you know, make the make the best decisions based on data available yeah. and, and proper engagement in the community. And I think hospitality is such a great, um, you know, building block for that. You have that experience and it's such a unique position to be in. You have experience working with people, working for people, providing, being a listener. And that's like exactly what I think many people are looking for from a city councillor. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I mean, when you when I am knocking on doors, we talk about um, people talk about, you know, uh, their grievances or solutions to some of the problems that they've brought to their current counselor have almost fallen on, on deaf ears. And, and yeah. you know, we really need to uh, engage and listen and follow the mandate of the people. I mean, you have to really respect um, everyone's opinions on how our community should evolve and, mm-hmm. and everything. And I think that um, uh, people need to be listened to and yeah. and they, they feel like if, if they've if they've been listened to, that uh, um, even if you don't agree with their opinion and, the, and their yeah. opinion doesn't move forward, that you know they, they feel better in the end. Altogether. That they were still heard. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I know as a candidate, it's, it's really easy to do that because you're going door knocking, you're meeting people, mm-hmm. sort of building up your name. Um, but as you know, 
once potentially elected, if you sit in that seat, it can be a lot harder to do that. You know, you're going sort of your schedule is packed as a city councillor going to meetings. And I feel like sometimes that opportunity to consult and to go back to your roots and listen to people is lost. So what do you think are the best ways to hear people and consult with people, not only while campaigning, but afterwards when elected? So I'll always be an advocate for going to where people are door to door and engaging with people face to face. But I'm a huge advocate for, I mean, it's 2021. People want their information now. They want to be able to engage with with, uh, with their city uh, in a different way. And I think we need to find a, a digital platform for for constituents to uh, give feedback, to yeah. to provide solutions to problems. You know, tell tell the city where potholes are, all yeah. sorts of different <laughs> things. Um, I'd like to the city to build a digital platform to, to do that sort of engagement, yeah. so we can have. Um, you know, as much data as we can to make the proper informed decisions that are best for the communities in the future. And I think that's one of the things that I'd like to champion is, as, a, as, a, as one of my main things is just finding a better way to engage communities, community associations, and maybe having some sort of like social credit system. So the more yeah. you engage in the platform, you get like free transfer, free bus tickets, free, you know, um, tickets to like the water parks or facilities, yeah, city sure. facilities. So I think a, a big thing is engagement with with the, our communities and we can't stick to just making like one night a week city hall, um, mm-hmm. uh, town halls, sorry, my apologies, town hall yeah. events. I think we need to move on to the digital platform, I especially in the I think that's world. a great idea. Yeah, yeah I think it, it's time for more and I think students really respond well to those types of programs that have that virtual component because everything, you know, is now at their fingertips. Um, most notably the example of the UPass now going online for students. That makes it so much more accessible that they don't have to line up for that physical sticker and to have to show their card every single time. But having it on their phones, like almost everything else is, I think has been really, well, we'll see, but uh, it will be really beneficial for students on that accessibility piece. So I think your idea like goes hand in hand with all of that. It's just making things more accessible for students. Yeah, of course, the UPass being on their phone and having every student have access to transit, whether they're going to use it or not, is really important. And they still can't get that sticker if they don't have a cell phone, Exactly. obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really important. And, you know, when you think about public transit as a whole, like who it serves, it's mainly, um, it's it, it, the typical ridership varies, but a lot of a lot of youth and elderly people drive get around on transit. So it's really important that we make sure that it's as easy and accessible for them as we can. Yeah, that's awesome. Really great to hear because, I mean, students just, you know, are looking for affordable and accessible transit. And the UPass definitely does a great job in that. But projects like the Green Line will give students, you know, something more to look to. Um, What are your thoughts maybe on that project specifically or other transit projects that would make it more accessible to students? Well, the Green Line, I think, is, is it's a great project. I know it's, it's a huge infrastructure project for the city, but um, honestly, I think it falls a little bit short if we're not reaching that 16th Avenue point. Because sure. we want to talk about ridership and, and where current Calgary Transit ridership is. It's that north leg from 16th Avenue into downtown, the 301 route, yeah. where that, that bus goes up and down Center Street is one of the only cash positive routes for Calgary Transit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if we want to, if we want this to be about ridership, we should have made it go all the way to 16th Avenue. I'm disappointed it didn't get there, and I know it's in phase two, but you know, right. there's years and years before we might get to that phase, and I'm disappointed that it didn't get there. But I'm excited to see that it's going to go from Shepherd to Eau Claire. I think it's going to be a train line for the people. It's not just going to be a commuter train into downtown. It's going to connect yeah. com- communities, and I think it's. Yeah, I'm excited that it's happening. Yeah, that's really good to hear, and I know like. 
as potentially the city councilor for Ward 7, you have such a powerful voice on council in those kinds of conversations. I mean, in Ward 7, you have the University of Calgary campus, the SAIT campus, AU Arts, Bow Valley College. There's a lot of student voice here that it would be supporting you and giving you feel to go in those conversations and make sure the projects like the Green Line are actually benefiting the students that live in your riding. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean... I mean um public transportation is, is, is important for students and and having their voice being heard on, on issues that are going to affect you know not only um you know their the next the next uh, couple of years but the next mm-hmm. generations to come i mean these train lines are going to be built for the next couple decades right They're exactly gonna be for a ton of time and i think it's important that that we get the the youth viewpoint on on public transportation and, and accessibility um, have them join the conversation as much as we can. Yeah, that's really great to hear. It's something as student leaders that we're always looking for is being invited to the table where those decisions are happening so our voices can be heard. I mean, they're programs that are used by students in a major way. Um, so it only makes sense to include their voice in that, which is something that, you know, we're looking to the city council for Ward 7 to absolutely do. So it's great to establish this connection and have that relationship with a city councilor that will be sort of our direct line to city council. And I know we talked a little bit about ways to engage with those voices, but given that Ward 7 is such a staple for post-secondary in the city, Mm. what ideas or what ways have you engaged with students specifically? Well, it's been a little bit tough in the last last year since I decided to run um, with students, but um, you know, in this area, there is a number of student housing. As yeah. I've been door knocking around this area, there's tons of student housing. There is, and um, you know, that's the primarily the the way I've been engaging with students um, and talking to uh, the Gauntlet as well. Um, nice. Yeah, I was did an interview there as well, and you know, I'm just always talking to as many people as I can when I'm out. I'm chatting with with people. I'm, I, I go out to. To, to bars and stuff like that. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, um, it's not the, the most attractive conversation. We're sitting across the table from people sometimes. They don't want to talk politics, but I like to get their, their viewpoint yeah. um, and talk just, just to hear what they have to say. And, 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 you know, you'd be surprised as to how many people really open up to, to, to politics, you know, after just one beer or something like that. <laughs> I am always the person to yeah. bring up politics at parties as well. <laughs> yeah. And it's important to just get those viewpoints out there from, from you know, everyone 18 to 25 because, you know, Historically, it's a it's a low low voter turnout, but you know the decisions that are made in council today are going to like reflect for generations to come, and it's important that um, the youth of today get their their voice heard. Yeah, and I'm glad you bring up turnout because it's something that as student leaders, you know, we work really hard to promote the vote and that it's actually even happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might have heard that Elections Calgary had made the decision to not have polling stations on campus. Um, and after a lot of advocacy, they reversed that decision and now voting will be accessible to students so they can vote on their campus regardless of where they live. We know that campus is such a central place for students where they you know, study for 10, 12 hours a day, maybe even work here or close to here um, and have all their extracurriculars here as well. So what do you think that opportunity means to students to be able to vote here on their campus? Well, like you said, their daily lives are here. You know, you work out here in the morning at the gym, you go to classes here, you do your part-time job here in and around the community. It's important that you're able to vote somewhere where it's accessible for you as a student. And from a broader view, like this is is an area of the city where 
there is so much going on around here. There's the Foothills Hospital. There's Alberta Children's Hospital. And a lot of those shifts are, you know, those healthcare workers are working 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Yeah. Voting is from 8 to 8. Exactly. And realistically, <laughs> like how how tough would it be for someone that lives in, you know, northeast Calgary commuting to the Foothills Hospital to get off their shift at 7, you know, get to their car by 7.30, get home by 8 o'clock. I mean, they can't feasibly no. vote. Exactly. It would be easy for them to just pop right over to the university here and, and have their voice heard no matter, you know, where they're from or where yeah. they live. Yeah, I mean, you outline a really important piece of that. It's like these polling stations aren't just for students. They're for the community as well. And so much happens around post-secondary. It's the hub for a lot, like you said. So it only makes sense to us to give students and the community every opportunity to vote. And such an important place is, is the campus specifically. So we're happy to see that decision go forward. And if elected as Ward 7 councillor, what commitment can you make or, you know, work going forward to make sure that decision and that fight doesn't have to happen again in four years? Well, it's all about advocacy for, for having accessible elections. I mean, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer to me, essentially. I don't know why we don't have or we haven't had these things in the past. I think, you know, just making sure that they're getting people are getting the votes that they want maybe it would have been a reason. But, I mean, to have a free and fair open election, having... Um, uh, vote anywhere, yeah. advance polling, yes. you know, mail-in mail -in votes are all very, very important. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people talk about, you know, uh, uh, rigged elections and stuff like that, but that that's mm -hmm. not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm a huge sort of advocate for making the election as accessible as we possibly can in all of those ways that you mentioned is, is the best way to do that. So I hope that the student leaders who come after me don't have to keep up that fight because it's it's such a given that students and the community should have every single opportunity they can to go and vote. And you should be proud that you were a, a big voice in, in getting that, Thank that, you. <laughs> that pushed across because, you know, if, if the city hadn't have listened to your voice, then we wouldn't have these these polling places. Yeah, and it's, thank you for saying that. And it's it's such a confusing time for students and for the community. I mean, there's a federal election coming up as well within the same month as the municipal one. So there's a is lot there? of noise. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> there's a lot of noise. What is it like to be a candidate in such a busy time? Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, when we think about civic politics in Calgary in the past, you know, 15 years, as I've been kind of able to vote, um, you haven't seen this much excitement and engagement with with politics um, and, you know, city councillors and mayors um, mm -hmm. in the past. So it's exciting to be part of uh, an, an election that is very important and that's going to have a lot of impact on the future of Calgary. And yeah. I think that it's it's disappointing that we have to have a federal election in the middle, but it, it's also <laughs> um, it's also just adds to the, the fuel to the fire to get everyone talking about, you know, issues that really matter it to does. them and, yeah. and getting different viewpoints across. I mean, we have many, many candidates that everyone should be taking a look at on in all the races. And, and I think it's important that people just find the candidate that works for them, that has the best viewpoints that agree with them and, you know, make sure your voice is heard on October 18th. That's a great message. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I, I had a chance to look through your website. And one of the things that I noticed was, you know, this plan for downtown and livability in the downtown, because mm. such a major part of it falls in Ward 7. What does that plan look like to you? And, and what role do students play in that? Well, I, I think uh, Brad touched on it a little bit. I think it'd be a, amazing to see, you know, a university campus or, or um, even just student housing in the downtown core Um and along with many other diverse different businesses that we can attract, I mean, we talk about 
Calgary being a tech hub for the future. I mean, we could transform some of these buildings into agriculture hubs. I mean, um, urban urban farming is a big thing as well that I think some of these buildings could be viable for. And I think that it's important that we look at all sorts of different things to in different industries and in and. Uh, um, sectors to to fill these these buildings, but you know having having students be a part of that downtown plan and having them you know live there, perhaps get a part time job. I mean, having that having that community in the downtown mm-hmm. led by students is an important way to have. Uh, a revision for downtown or a new vision for downtown that's that's full of that youthful energy. Yeah, that's great to hear. I think that's exactly what students are looking for is having a part to play in the livability and the attractiveness of what could be our downtown, especially that part in Ward 7 that is so vibrant um, and you know has the potential to be a really attractive part of our city. If you look at downtowns from other major cities in Canada, um, take Vancouver for example. When you go downtown, it's it's not that nine to five hustle and bustle. It's it's you know uh, apartment buildings, condo blocks. It's bars, nightclubs. It's you know everything is so livable and so walkable, and it's it's a, a community feel. And you can see if when you move down through the the streets, there there's different little communities of downtown that have a different feel. And when you you mm-hmm. look at our downtown, we need to evolve it in a way that, um, you know, is Calgarian in nature, but it has that kind of that uh, livability and that vibrant feel that that uh, that I think a lot of people that love this city would like to see our downtown transform into. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And one of the other things that makes this election so unique is the amount of turnover. It's going to be an almost entirely brand new council, um, which is very different from what we've seen in the past. What is that, you know, the relationship between yourself and the other city councillors and yourself and the mayor and other city stakeholders? What do you expect, you know, that environment to be like and what role and what you can bring to that? Well, honestly, I hope we work together as a team or whoever's mm-hmm. elected needs to work together and get get a vision for Calgary that makes sense for everyone. We need to listen to... Um, you know, community planners uh, on the local level. We need to listen to community associations, have them um, involved in the conversation. When we talk about local area plans, um, having everyone's voice being heard and gather as much data as possible to make those decisions for the community and help our communities evolve. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are against certain, um, certain you know, aspects of, of densification and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, if there's a plan. There's not a... a there's a there we can make a plan for every community that's going to work yeah and that's that's what i'd like to do is just to make sure that all our voices are heard and work together as a a kind of a cohesive team while respecting each other's viewpoints absolutely that's great to hear i know it's such a unique relationship um and environment to be in a city council like that so it'll be interesting to see what you make of it um I know it's a busy election just generally, but there is lots of candidates in Ward 7 as well. What makes you stand out as a candidate? Well, I think myself, um, I've been here for in Ward 7 for about 10 years living, but I've spent the majority of my life working in Ward 7. I have uh, okay. most of my jobs have been in Ward 7 since I can remember, since I was about 16 years old. So nice. I have like lived and breathed Ward 7 yeah. for <laughs> since I was like half my life here. Awesome. So I think that just, and having um, um, a viewpoint that is uh, Calgary forward and Calgary focused from, from a, from a standpoint of, of moving, moving forward in uh, 
respect to the next generation yeah. having their voice heard Absolutely. and and being a part of that. I think that when we when we talk about candidates um, running for office, we typically find ones that you know uh, that may be a little bit older, have a lot mm-hmm. more experience in in field, and are maybe looking for a different viewpoint mm-hmm. or a different career path. And I think that maybe having someone younger yeah, in definitely. office would you know change the kind of the dynamic of, yes. of council. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, as students, you know, as those young people were, we're looking for that sort of position and that person to make sure that they are consulting with us and listening to us and also share the same perspectives that we do. So that's very exciting to hear. That was Ward 7 candidate Derek Williams sharing his ideas for Ward 7 and reminding you to vote on or before October 18th. Derek, thank you so much for being on the show with me this morning. No, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. and Thanks for uh, putting up with my Um, my nervousness at the beginning there. No no worries at all. We had a great conversation. Um, If you missed it or you want to listen to it again, you can find it on cgsw.com and all of the other episodes with the candidates I'm interviewing next week. Be sure to tune in. I have something very exciting planned for the federal candidates for Calgary Confederation will be joining me to talk about the federal election on September 20th. So lots going on. Uh, Tune in next week to keep up. Thank you so much for joining me, Derek. Thank you so much again. Thanks, guys. Like a punch in the